Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Thanks for joining me for episode 11 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. I've been looking forward to this episode because, let's be honest, it's not every day that you get to speak to an exotic goddess. But today is that day. Of course, I'm talking about Mandy Leone. Mandy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. It's awesome to have you. Um, as everyone knows who's listened to these podcasts, I always start them off with asking, what have you been doing these past few months? We haven't had any shows, any live shows since February. So what have you been up to during quarantine? Oh, my goodness. It's been a long quarantine, hasn't it? My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I've really made it a goal uh, since the start of quarantine to just kind of enjoy the little things at home that I wasn't able to while being on the road so much. Um, so I've just been doing a lot of that. It's a lot of, I guess, kind of dorky stuff you can say, just little things like gardening. And I made a vegetable garden, which is hilarious for those who don't know I'm vegetarian. So that was a cool little experiment to try out. Um, and just enjoying time with my dog and my family while being safe you know, and just little things, just little things that you, you're always on the go in wrestling. And that's, that's just your mindset is go, 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 go with between traveling and, and training and wrestling and just the long show days and getting back on the airplane and the hotel rooms and coming back home and doing it all over again. It's hard to just enjoy those little things. So that's, that's been a lot of what I've been doing. Wow. The exotic goddess getting her hands in the dirt in a garden. Yeah. That is shocking. Yeah, I know. I know. Ugh. Have you been binge watching anything during this time? Yes, I've been binge watching a lot of shows. Um, Ghost Adventures has always been my, my go-to show since I was a little girl. I've loved that show. I can't even believe I was looking back at it the other day, how long they've been around and how many seasons they're on now. <laughs> oh, we're we're going to get to Ghost Adventures a little later, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that show. Um, I've also been watching charmed and lucifer those have been my two shows <laughs> it's funny you should mention charmed because back in the day um my wife who was then i think we were dating i don't think we were together yet she got me into charmed and it really yeah. was a good show like it was on wb or something it was something i never would have watched had she not gotten me into it but it was great and uh, and i've been an Alyssa milano fan ever since Yes, I love the original show too. And the, the remake that they're showing now, it's kind of, it's, it's awesome. It's a more modern version and it goes along with everything that's happening in today's society. So it's a little bit of a twist, um, but you see, you see pullbacks from the original show too. So, so I love you, it. You were talking about the, I didn't even know there was a new show. I'm, I'm yeah, there's a new Charmed. I did not know. <laughs> I'm thinking we're talking about the, you know, late 90s. Oh, I've seen all those too. I love them. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about um, social media because you, you're all over social media. You're, you got Twitter, Instagram, but I want to ask you about like something you've gotten into recently, which is TikTok. And I know this makes me sound old, but that's okay because I am old, but 
what, what is this, what is TikTok even, I don't even really understand what it is. What is it exactly? Why do you, I know that you like it. What do you like about it? I gotta be honest. Um, I'm still new to it. So okay. I'm still kind of learning the ins and outs of it. And before I joined, I was one of those people that was like, I am never joining TikTok. That's ridiculous. No. Um, but the more I went on the app and started watching videos, I was literally down a rabbit hole, just cracking up for hours. Um, it's essentially just a bunch of people who go on TikTok. It's kind of like Instagram. Um, but you do voiceovers and you act things out to certain sound bites or you can show a talent. So a lot of people show their hidden talents on there or they'll do a comedy segment or they'll reenact something or, you know, they'll travel to cool abandoned places and show footage on it. It's really a positive platform from my perspective that I found. Um, and, you know, Amy Rose and I text each other all the time for hours, just different links to TikToks and we just crack up. It's, it's really funny. <laughs> Yeah, my I have younger kids. Well, they're like 15 and 11. They're very much into it. So, um, yeah, I'm still trying to, you know, I'm still on the Facebook, Mandy. So, like, that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's that's new. That's my thing. Oh, yeah. We got to get you updated. <laughs> yeah. Well, another thing, this is, this is not going to be all about me being um, old. I, I promise you that. <laughs> another thing that I feel old with is uh, is video games. Because, honestly, since Pong back in the Atari days. Um, I don't know if you even know what that is. Oh yeah, I know all about Atari. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I haven't really been into any video games since then, but I know that you are. So for all the gamers out there, um, what are some of your favorite video games? And tell us about what you're doing uh, on Twitch with video games. Yeah, so right now I just started a Twitch channel. I'm still fairly new to that as well. Um, It's, again, one of those things I actually have time to do now that we're unfortunately cooped up at home. So I started a stream on there, and I essentially just show my gameplay. And it's a lot of fun. Um, Gosh, the new PS5, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for it. I'm a dork for it, so I have. But the new PlayStation 5 looks amazing. Uh, But I've been playing PS4. I stream right from my PS4 system. And my go-to right now, I'm like addicted to Red Dead Redemption 2. I've played it like four times already. (laughs) Um, And I just, I love it. The story of it is so good. Um, But also, I just had The Last of Us 2 just release. I've been playing that. It's epic. Uncharted series, epic. <laughs> uh, but I also have a Switch too, and the Zelda Breath of the Wild game on there is amazing. Mario Kart Party on there is amazing. Uh, Luigi Mansion is awesome. So I enjoy a lot of the more the fun games and the open world games, definitely. So again, excuse my ignorance on this, but so like, can people play against you online, or or, or no? People can play against me online. I'm still iffy on the whole online gaming part of it so I like to kind of just log in and and relax and just stream it that way on my own (laughs) so it's usually you'll just see me playing um through my twitch yeah which is twitch.com slash mandy (laughs) leon always good to plug always yes definitely um have you are you a uh I know some of our talent have actually become uh characters in video games has that happened for you yet and uh what would that, I mean, if it, well, has it happened yet? Are you, are you a playable character in any video games? No, I'm not an official signed character on any video games, but I am constantly getting these awesome edits from fans 
um, with the WWE, I think it's the 2K, where they can make custom characters and like log them and people like around the world can use it, I guess. And they're really good. Like fans are really good at making custom characters. I've even seen some that make a Ring of Honor wrestling ring to come out to. So I know. For you. Technology is crazy (laughs) nowadays. (laughs) It really is. Well, see, going along those lines with um, technology and online and all that kind of stuff, social media, I know that you relaunched your YouTube channel recently. I did. Yes. And one of the things, one of the first videos that you uploaded chronicled what you and a bunch of the other ROH talent did in Las Vegas the weekend of March 13th and 14th, uh, which as most people know, that's when we had some shows scheduled. They were canceled for obvious reasons because of the coronavirus. Can you kind of take me through that timeline of that crazy weekend? Like when, like when did you arrive in Vegas and then when did you realize or learn that the shows were canceled? And then what was the mindset after that? Was it just like, okay, well, we're here. Let's enjoy Vegas. And I guess, were you kind of a party organizer? <laughs> um, it was kind of crazy because before this trip, we this was kind of the start of the virus. We didn't know much about the virus or what this was going to be to an extent. Um, so, you know, it was fresh. We, we weren't knowledgeable about it. And I was on my flight to Las Vegas the night before the pay-per-view. And I guess all of the news was kind of breaking during my flight. And it's a long flight from Pennsylvania all the way to Las Vegas. And I had a connection. So I didn't know what was going on. Um, And when I got to Vegas, it was the day of the pay-per-view where we kind of found out like, hey, we're going to have to cancel the pay-per-view. It's not looking good. Uh, You know, the virus is getting worse. And I just remember going, oh my gosh, what? This is insane. Like we've never canceled a show. It's very rare. I can't even remember the last time Ring of Honor has canceled a show. So I knew it must have been kind of getting serious. Um, But we were in Vegas. It was St. Patrick's Day weekend, and since we had off, we kind of wanted to go out and explore the town a little bit, uh, and, then, and we did. <laughs> it was kind of a group effort. I think, you know, how wrestling is backstage. You invite one person, and that person invites five people, and that five people invites ten more people, <laughs> and it just turned into a big crowd, and we had an awesome time. It was the last hoorah, to, so to say, before going into quarantine, um, and, and thankfully, you know, we were safe. It wasn't that bad then, and and we were good. It was a lot of fun. Well, you could tell from watching the video that you guys definitely had a lot of fun, uh, for sure. And one of the coolest things that you did, you know, we mentioned Ghost Adventures earlier, is, and I've told you this personally, that I'm extremely jealous that you and the other talent visited Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Zach Bagan's obviously the lead investigator for the Ghost Adventures show, Um, I'm a huge Ghost Adventures mark like you, never missed an episode, and uh, can't believe that you all went without me, but that's another story. (laughs) But I know that you experienced some paranormal activity there. Can you talk about your experience? Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Ghost Adventures fan. Like I said, I've always have been since I was a little girl. Um, That was kind of just always my escape when I was home my go-to show and I love it oh my god I love it so much I'm obsessed uh so going there anytime we've gone to Vegas for our pay-per-views and tv tapings we just never had time to go unfortunately you know they're open certain hours and usually those 
when that's when our shows were. So this time we had time and I'm like, listen, we are not leaving Las Vegas. I don't care what anybody says. I am going to the Zach Bagans museum. <laughs> um, and it was so awesome. It exceeded my expectations. You have to sign a waiver before you go in even. Um, and Vinny was one of the guys that was, or excuse me, Vincent was one of the guys that was with us, which, you know, that was a dream come true for him. And I, I did, I had some experiences. I had a handbag with a keychain on it. And when we went into one of the rooms, it completely ripped off my bag. Um, <laughs> we went into another room and I got scratched. And yeah, there's just, there's definitely a vibe when you go in there. And if you're a spiritual person or you're kind of sensitive like I am, you can feel things in each room and there's actual items in there from you know murder scenes and all kinds of cuckoo stuff so I highly recommend that if you're a Ghost Adventures fan to check out the Zach Bagans Museum in Las Vegas it's a hundred and thousand percent worth your time and money it's something that you'll never forget and uh, Beer City Bruiser's wife actually had an experience there twice she had her hair pulled so it's intense <laughs> wow so when you got scratched, did you feel it happening or was it later on you looked at your arm and go, wow, like I got scratched? I didn't really notice it at the time. I felt like a little bit of burning on my arm. Um, and then when we got out and find, it's dark in there. So once we were finally like in the gift shop area, I did look and there was some marks there. And I remember thinking, I'm like, I was way too into things to realize, you know, scratching myself or not I would know and it was a pretty deep burning scratch so scary <laughs> I saged myself as soon as we left like <laughs> I, I did they had sage that you can buy there and I literally went to the parking lot and saged myself <laughs> so out of curiosity what does this waiver say like what I guess it holds them you can't hold them responsible for like what if you bring an attachment home or like what does it say on the waiver it's essentially that, yeah. It just kind of says if anything happens to you, they're just not held accountable for it, and they kind of just warn you of certain experiences that that can that can happen to you. And uh, you know, if you're a sensitive person, that there are things that can follow you home, just like you said too. So, yeah, it's an it's it's intense. <laughs> it's really intense. Gee, Zach, I mean, this is turning into a Zach Bagans Ghost Adventures. Um, he should pay all this. I know. At least give me like a spot on the show or something as a guest in investigator, right? <laughs> so, well, have you been watching the, like they're doing quarantine episodes now, which are all taking place at the museum, which is pretty cool. I know. I've seen them. They're awesome. It's so cool. Like I said, I'm addicted to that show. So if there's anybody out there that's into the paranormal or just wants a new show to binge watch, I highly suggest it. Yes, I think I'm, there's like 20, there's over 20 seasons. I know that. <laughs> yes, yes. And there's so many ghost shows now, ghost hunting shows. And I watch a lot of them, but none of them have, I think a lot of it is because Zach kind of has this charisma and he has right. good uh, chemistry with uh, the people that, that ghost hunt with him, his crew. And sometimes they do stuff that's funny. Um, I don't know. It's, here's my thing. I'm not sure what I truly believe, I guess you could call me a skeptic, but I really want to believe. It's just hard because I've never had any experiences. So were you a skeptic before you went into the museum? Did that change your opinion at all? Or did you always kind of believe that, that this is real? Uh, well, first I agree with you that there is no other show like Ghost Adventures. There really isn't. I've watched like every paranormal show ever and they're by far the best. Um, but to answer your question, yes, I 
or actually no, <laughs> I was never, sorry, I was never a skeptic. I was always a believer and I've had a lot of experiences throughout my childhood and growing up and I lived in a haunted house growing up. And so it was, my family is very sensitive and spiritual to that kind of thing. Um, so I believed going into it and I was very, very excited going into yes. where everybody else on the roster thought I was like crazy. Like why is made me so excited? Uh, there was even one point during the tour of the museum where they have you stare into an actual skeleton. There's an actual human skeleton remain in a casket that is haunted. And supposedly if you look into its eye area of the skeleton, like you can see your destiny or you can see some kind of darkness or vision. And uh, <laughs> I volunteered to do it out of everyone, of course. And I stared like face to face, pretty much touching the bone and the girl looked at me like, okay, we've never had anybody do that before. Did you see anything? <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't really see anything. <laughs> I'm disappointed you didn't see anything. I know. I was like, maybe, uh, maybe I'll dream about it later. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, I'm all, I'm just fascinated by this stuff, as you can tell. And you, so you mentioned that you grew up in a haunted house. What kind of things did you experience when you were younger? I experienced a lot um, to vivid, lucid dreams, um, which I actually keep a dream book now because I've always had vivid dreams. And uh, it's very detailed from what I see to what I hear to numbers to colors. And I write it all down in this book. That way, if an event was to ever happen, I can go back and see if I dreamt about it before it happened. That's another story. That's really crazy. But um, right now, I actually live down the road from my childhood home. And anytime I had a dream, it's always bringing me back to the, to this house till, till this day. Like, it's really weird. I still dream about this house and something just pulls me there. I don't know what it is, but when I lived there, crazy stuff would happen. We had a basement where there was a pool table down there and there'd be times when I'm the only one home and I would just hear like someone hit the balls with their stick and all of the <laughs> I get shaken up talking about it because it's so creepy, but all the pool table balls were just scattered all over the place and the pool sticks were off the shelves and on the table. You would hear people coming up the steps. You would hear furniture moving around. You know, I had cats at that time and my cats, you know, they say they can sense spirits and sense evil and they would just, their pupils would just dilate for no reason and just follow something like as if it was walking past the hallway it was a lot of creepy stuff. Um, I would see faces, a lot of things. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of creepy stuff. And I swear wow. to this day, for some reason, I still dream about that house and I don't know why. <laughs> it's yeah. really weird. I want an experience <laughs> like that. So then I can say, yeah, this stuff is, but my whole life I've never, I guess I've just never been in a haunted place or I guess some people are more sensitive to it than others. And maybe I'm just not one of those people who's um, open or receptive to it. You never fooled around with a Ouija board or anything, did you? No, that's something that's next level that I can never bring myself to come to. Yeah, I, you don't want to do that. I've, I know that much from watching these shows. You don't want to do that. Yeah, that's, that's another level. Um, I did buy a Ouija board once just when I was in high school to fool around with. And we did plan a day to, <laughs> to kind of do it with a group of friends just joking around. And even when we pulled it out of the box, I was like, I can't do this. And like, we, we put it back in and was like, no, we're not even going to step those stones. That's, that's a whole nother territory we don't want to get into. 
So no, I have never messed around with a Ouija board. Yeah. It's funny because I say I'm a skeptic, but then I'm like, I'll never touch a Ouija board. Right. <laughs> no, better to be better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, uh, and I think you just I think you need to just be in the right. You know, you could just be a really positive person and not sensitive to those things, which is a good thing. Um, but I guess we'll just have to bring you ghost hunting sometime. <laughs> well, funny you should say that because that was actually my next question is, is there any chance that you'll be doing some paranormal investigations yourself? A thousand percent. I'm so excited. So on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash MandyLeonXO, please subscribe. Uh, this has been in the works for years and my YouTube channel has been in the works for years as well. Again, I have so much footage in my phone and in my computer that I just never had time to edit while being on the road. And now that I'm home, I can finally relaunch my channel. My main goal of the past few years was to get a paranormal investigation on my YouTube stream. So that's definitely coming soon. I just ordered a bunch of the equipment finally. I am so excited. I already have a crew of guys from Ring of Honor who want to join me as well. So that might be something you can see in the future is a Ring of Honor crew goes ghost hunting. You never know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot, Mandy, because I really wanted, would love to be a part of this. Would you commit to at some point having me tag along? We've got a lot of witnesses listening to the podcast today. Can you commit to that today that I will be at some point part of an investigation? A hundred percent. Not to put your information out there, but you're kind of around the Baltimore area, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of haunted places in the Baltimore area. So I think we can set that up and Baltimore is not too far from me. So I think we can do that. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. All right. Uh, what other type of content can we see on your YouTube channel? My channel is going to feature so many different things. I know the YouTube kind of thing now is to have one specific topic and devote your channel to that. I see a lot of streamers who commit to just, you know, makeup tutorials or, you know, DIYs or home improvement. Mine's going to feature everything. I'm very loud as a person in general. If you know me, you know that I'm just a goofball. <laughs> so my channel is going to feature everything from DIYs to tutorials to challenges. I have a watermelon challenge coming up where I see how many watermelon or how many rubber bands I can fit around a watermelon before it explodes. So just something silly. Uh, the paranormal activity on there, lots of pet videos. So uh, vlogs, anything you can name pretty much is going to be on my channel, especially with gaming. I'll upload some stuff that there on too. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. And some fun backstage stuff. I saw one where you're scaring the hell out of Stella Gray. Yeah, <laughs> that one's pretty funny for an entire year straight. Yes, she's so easy to scare. <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about first, let's uh, stay on the YouTube topic, but not your YouTube channel, easy for me to say. Uh, let's talk about the ROH YouTube series, My First ROH Match. So Matt Taven was the first ROH talent to do this. You were the second, and it was your match against Jenny Rose in 2014. And the cool thing is, it wasn't just your first ROH match, it was your first match, period. It was, now, yes. I have to say, though, because I think the idea of this is people are going to be, they're going to look back and maybe be embarrassed or cringe. I know Matt Taven kind of agonized through it because he, he slipped off the rope during a springboard. And, and overall, it just wasn't, he wasn't nearly as polished. You know, he's a great performer now, but you could see he was in the early stages back then. 
But I have to be honest, Mandy, and I'm, I'm not just buttering you up, but I watched your match and it, it wasn't embarrassing at all. Oh, I mean, thank you. <laughs> how was it watching for you? There were, there were no slips. There was, it was decent. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Um, I was embarrassed just because I look like a complete baby in that video. And I was just so bubbly and happy to get to the ring finally and have my first match. And there were so many emotions going through me. I had so much fun and I couldn't have asked for a better opponent with Jenny Rose. Uh, we both trained at the ROH dojo. So that was an honor to work with her. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was intimidated. I mean, I knew this was being recorded. It was part of the ring of honor brand and I had a lot to prove. And, you know, like I said, in that video, there were a lot of people who didn't like me coming into this career and who just wanted to see me fail. And a lot of people who also supported me, but for the majority wanted to see me fail. And God, I'm just, I, I wanted nothing more than just to prove myself and to prove those people wrong and to prove that I want this and show my passion. And I just wanted to have a decent first match. And the first day that I stepped into the ROH dojo, that's what I said. I'm like, hey, listen, I want to train. I want to be ready. I want to be good. Like, I don't want to debut and be one of those people that wish they just would have trained a little bit more. And I want to be TV ready. I want to look good. I want to have my gear. I want to have my makeup done. I want to know that I can get in that ring and kick ass and be good to go. And I, I'm happy. I'm happy with how it turned out for sure. It could have been a lot worse. It's not that bad. <laughs> oh, not, yeah, that's good. Not, <laughs> yeah, not it's not that bad. bad. Yeah. No. So I was really happy. I'm really sure it was happy. probably, uh, probably a big help that, as you mentioned, you and Jenny, uh, Jenny Rose trained together at the dojo and, you're, and we're friends, so you had someone in there that you were 100% comfortable with. I was. I was really comfortable with her. And it's interesting because I trained maybe once or twice with Jenny before I debuted. Uh, and this was like when I first, first started training because she spent um, the years that I was training at the dojo, she was in Japan training and working out there. Uh, so it, it was kind of fresh in the ring when I debuted with her but at the same time like we just had a good friendship and she was someone who reached out to me a lot to make sure I was okay and was just a good she's just a good person in, in general so it was really nice to work with her all right well, we're going to talk more obviously about your uh in-ring career some of those early days uh ahead to the allure and everything else uh going forward but we have to take a quick break and then we'll be right back with Mandy Leone right after this Hi, I'm Quinn McKay, the host of Ring of Honor's weekly YouTube show, Week by Week. Join me every Monday, the same day as this podcast, as we catch up on all the groundbreaking ROH news and get some exclusive comments from some of your favorite stars. We also have some really great weekly segments like Question of the Week and my personal favorite, the Week by Week Physique. Join me every Monday at 1 p.m. on social media and youtube.com slash Ring of Honor for Week by Week. Okay, we're back on the ROH Strong podcast with Mandy Leone. Mandy, you've been a staple of the women's division in ROH over the years. Um, I know you've been a part of some firsts, right? In 2015, you wrestled on the first match in the rebranded Women of Honor division. In 2017, you wrestled in the first Women of Honor bout on pay-per-view. What are your thoughts and, and I guess your memories from the early days, the early years of, uh, of the division, trying to, trying to get it restarted in a sense? Oh my goodness. It's, it's nice to look back and to see how far things have come and 
just the different changes. Uh, just a little bit of a, of a background. When I came into Ring of Honor, there wasn't a women's division at all. Uh, you know, I trained through the Ring of Honor dojo and I debuted through Future of Honor. But as far as getting on the main roster, there wasn't really any options there. Um, there was no women's title. There was no roster. And very rarely you would see a dark match here and there or maybe one match featured on the show here and there. Uh, but nothing steady. And um, I had to work other places, which I enjoyed regardless, but I had to work other places to kind of get that experience. And, you know, it killed me having having to not do that, you know, having to come to an ROH show and not see women's wrestling in the ring and or know that I really don't have many opportunities there. And that was one of my main goals was to say, hey, listen, I want a women's division here. Whatever I have to do, I will do it. Like, that's my dream. This is where I want to be. I started out training here with one goal, but now my loyalty is here. Uh, like, what can I, what can I do to help? And over time, I worked different places and I talked to Deanna Perrazzo. I worked with her in and out of WWE when we did like that Rosebud gimmick, which is so embarrassing. Let's not even talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and she trained. She was really good. She was still new at the time. And we had a show coming up in Baltimore, Maryland. And I just asked Delirious at the time, who was my trainer, and I said, hey, is there any way I can have a dark match in Baltimore. You know, I met this girl, Deanna. I can ask her to come in. I met this other girl. She can come in. Like anybody I can wrestle and have a match with, I'm willing to ask them if they want to do it. If you could just have, if I can have that opportunity, like what can I do? And to my surprise, he said yes. And I did not expect a yes. And when I got the yes, I was like, holy crap, this is happening. Okay. <laughs> and I called Deanna immediately. I was like, hey, would you want to do this? And she was down and Sure enough, we had the match. It was supposed to be just this little dark match, nothing too extreme. And another men's match that night was supposed to be a YouTube exclusive. And something happened where I don't think the match happened or the one of the wrestlers didn't show up. So they didn't have anything to feature on YouTube. And just joking around, I was like, oh, well, we can put the my match with Deanna on YouTube and just see what happens. Ha ha ha. Just joking. And they did. And they, they put it on YouTube and it blew up. And it was one of those things that kind of went viral, I guess, at that time. Because um, this was the beginning stages of the women's revolution. Uh, and when things started to get taken more seriously with women's wrestling. And people were super intrigued. And it worked out. And we kept having more and more matches and inviting more and more girls in to eventually we had this small little division and group of women to work with. And yeah, I mean, that first year or two was so exciting. And eventually it led to us having a women's title. And, you know, things are a little rocky right now, but I have faith that we'll get back to where we need to be. When you tell that story, it, it, it just dawns on me. It really is amazing how just one little decision here or there, one little twist of fate can really change things. Like you asked for the match, you didn't necessarily expect it to be a yes, but it was. That opens up an opportunity to have the match. And then someone doesn't show up who was supposed to be in the YouTube exclusive. You guys get to do that just through that twist of fate. And then it blows up. And next thing you know, we're doing Women of Honor Wednesdays. And all those videos did well after that, from what I, from what I recall. And obviously everything snowballed from there. So it's, it's funny to look back just if, if one of those, what, let's say that wrestler 
or whatever does show up that night and your match doesn't go to YouTube, who knows where we're at or how long it would have taken to get here. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is ask, like, that's all it takes and just having faith. And, you know, I see a lot of people who get frustrated right now in the business that they're not getting ahead or they're not doing this or so-and-so didn't let them do this. It's like, but did you ask, like, did you ask that person directly instead of hearsay? Did you ask for that opportunity? Did you, you know, pay your dues, so to say, and show that you can do this and ask for any kind of glimpse of hope. That's all you have to do. And, and that's what I did. I just went in for the kill and was like, hey, what do I have to do here? Like, I'm, I'm one of the very, very few women trainees here. I've worked, I've paid my dues with other companies. And can I just have one opportunity? That's all I'm asking for is just one dark match. Let's see what happens and where it goes. And yeah, it, it turned out to be something awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great life lesson. Not that we're here, you know, doling out life advice or anything like that. But I've always been of that mindset that you never know until you ask. Because it's just, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's true. The worst thing anyone can say is no. Right. So, so why be afraid to ask? Right. Yep. A thousand percent. So, okay. So we talked about um, your early days, training and such. What did you do before you got into wrestling? What were some of the things that you did or maybe thought about as a career before you got the wrestling bug? I've always had the wrestling bug since I was a little girl and I was a fan of it. Um, And I always knew it was something I wanted to do. Um, I think coming out of high school and going to college and all that, I struggled with that decision a lot because I knew I had this awesome opportunity to go to a very, very, high name school in New York city for fashion design. And that was a dream of mine as well. And I'm like, okay, I just need to make a decision. And I knew wrestling was what I wanted to do. So I did a lot of promotional modeling and recruitment for go-go dancing girls. Um, And when I say go-go dancing, it's go-go dancing uh, for car shows and kind of like what you see at raves and things like that. It's essentially a dancing promo model. (laughs) Um, And I, I got my experience with crowds through that and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to train. This is my dream. I need to just stop putting it off. I saved up all my money from promotional modeling and recruiting. I contacted ring of honor. I didn't hear back for a while, um, which I later found out a funny story that they thought I was just not a real person. (laughs) Um, And I, was fortunate enough to have the school was only an hour and a half away from me in Philadelphia. I drove down there. I met with a trainer delirious at the time. I paid my tuition, so to say in full and everyone there looked at me like I was crazy. And they're like, okay, who is this to them? Like, who is this fancy girl dressed up with hair and makeup coming in here, playing, paying in full (laughs) wanting to train here. Like this is a joke. I'm like, no, I I'm here. Take it all. And they said, you know, some people come, they train, they find it's not for them. I would suggest not paying in full and just experiencing it for the first month, see how it goes. I'm like, nope, take my money. I'm not going to quit. This is what I want. Please just train me. <laughs> um, and it's history from there, really. It really is. Um, I just did everything I could to prove myself. I, and, I, and I showed my passion and my worth ethic. And here we are today. <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling. Sorry. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. So I like to ask uh, these questions to a lot of people when they first start out. So 
the first time you get in the ring and uh, you've never done this before, you've been a fan, but you've never actually gotten in a ring and taking bumps. Was there ever a moment when you first got in there and you start feeling what bumps really feel like? And you're like, whoa, I, I don't know if I want to do this. Or was it just, you know what? I can do this no matter what. Uh, to me, my mindset was I can do this no matter what. Uh, again, especially with that side of my brain that I knew that there were some people coming into this business that didn't want to see me succeed. And I was like, nope, screw that. I'm proving myself right. I'm proving them wrong. And I'm going to do everything in my power to prove that I'm here for a reason, that I, that I love this and that I want this. And it wasn't so much the bumps that made me kind of question things here and there because of course everybody has like a few moments where like oh can I do this but it was actually hitting the ropes for the first time hitting the ropes for the first time in training I remember destroyed me it destroyed me and you would think okay you're hitting ropes you're just bouncing off of them like not a big deal not at all I I got home and I had all kinds of bruises. <laughs> um, it's, probably, right? Oh, yeah. It's tough, but you build that up over time. Like, now that's not going to happen to me. But for your first timers, yeah, the ropes, hitting those, it's, it's rough. <laughs> well, you said something that intrigued me. When you first started to, when you first contacted the dojo, they didn't think you were a real person. I got it. What, what was that? <laughs> um, this was years ago, granted, like 2012, 2013, maybe. And I, I was goofy enough to contact Ring of Honor any other way I would contact like a promotional modeling company because that's all I knew back then. Like I didn't really know anything about independent wrestling or other companies outside of WWE. That's just facts. Like I'll just keep it real. Like I really didn't. And once I started doing research on Ring of Honor, I fell in love with it. I contacted them to train there. So I sent in like my whole, like a legit resume of all my past work and all my promotional modeling and a complete portfolio of like all of my modeling pictures. And uh, I later found out that like a lot of people on the inside just thought it was spam because at that time, I don't know if people remember this or not, but there were a lot of email spam like that were like models from foreign countries would like ask for a husband through email or some weird crap yeah. or that you, <laughs> so, won the lot, you won the lottery or something right yeah, yeah. like claim your million dollars kind of a thing right so it got ignored like two or three times and then finally i was like hey like i'm trying to call you guys i'm trying to get through what's the deal and they contacted me finally once i didn't send so many you know portfolio shots <laughs> <laughs> and they said yeah you know if you want to do this you can come down to the office into the dojo and meet us and we can kind of discuss things from there just to see if I was a real person and then when I showed up they're like oh okay this is a real person <laughs> so yeah funny <laughs> <laughs> so what advice would you give to aspiring wrestlers people that want to break into the business haven't done so yet uh what is your I guess your sage advice to them honestly my favorite quote is, you were born an original, don't die a copy. And I live by that. I think everyone is their own unique selves. I don't think anyone should ever try to be someone else ever. Um, nobody is the same. So when you come to this business, just be yourself, turned up a few notches, and find what fits you and work with that. I think one thing I've heard you say, I think in other interviews too, is um, – like don't put all your eggs necessarily in one basket and learn how to do everything in right. to make yourself more valuable. Yeah. I think it's really important when you come into professional wrestling. And I say this a lot at the ring of honor 
seminars that we have and tryout camps is explore every field of professional wrestling that you can. Let's say one day, God forbid, you can't wrestle anymore. You can't take a bump or you've had a really serious injury, which takes you out of the ring. You know, we've seen that with people like Paige and Daniel Bryan who came back, but it, it does, it's, it's kind of devastating. So you want to be involved in the profession in some aspect, right? obviously. So for me, I dipped my toes in every field that I could within professional wrestling. So God forbid one day I can't wrestle anymore. You know, I can help with backstage promos. I can film, I can edit, I can ring announce if needed. I can do timekeeping, um, you know, anything that someone needs. If someone doesn't show up or if they're out a talent, I can fill in and do that. And you always want to be that person. You just always want to make yourself available. So yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, we are going to take another short break, and we'll be back with the exotic goddess herself, Mandy Leon, right after this. Ring of Honor presents the best Dungeons and Dragons on the planet, with Joe Hendry as Mega, the singing sensation, Beer City Bruiser as Maynard, Dwarven Cleric of Ale, Session Marth Martina as Thea, Brawler Milanus as Ander the Bold Barbarian, and Cheeseburger as Santee, together. These wrestlers become heroes. Join these stars and more for Role Play of Honor. All right, we're back on the ROH Strong podcast with the exotic goddess Mandy Leon. Mandy, you touched on this a little bit earlier about uh, the current state of the women's division in Ring of Honor. As we know, there was going to be a tournament, the Quest for Gold. Uh, we were going to crown the ROH Women's World Champion. It's never had that exact designation before. Um, that's on the books for some point when we can, in the future, when we can get back up and, and running shows again. But what are your thoughts right now on uh, sort of where we left off with the division and where we can go with it once we start running shows again? Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it blunt and real. Um, when this division first started out, it was excellent. We had a lot of great matches. Uh, the first year or two was amazing, and we finally got the women's championship belt, and then we kind of, we, I mean, it is what it is. We kind of went downhill, and we went through different phases and different people, and uh, didn't have a firm division at that time, and it's been hard to build up, but now with the quest for gold that was our chance to kind of say all right that's it we're we're done with the shenanigans we're kicking this into full gear these are the women that we picked for this we're gonna have a brand new title and we're gonna just start fresh and then coronavirus happened <laughs> um so I, I i pray that when we come back which is hopefully soon uh, i know we all miss it so much that we can do that and the amount of talent and fresh faces that were on that list for fresh for quest for gold was awesome. Um, so I think, I think we're, we're good. We're good in the future. We really are. I have a lot of faith that we can move forward and be something great. So I, as long I, as we I, can get back in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I agree hundred percent. I mean, I was very excited as well for that tournament. We had some great, um, obviously our core of, of women wrestlers, such as yourself. Uh, we had some really cool, new names coming in and uh you know even some names from the past and uh it was very exciting i can't it's one of the things i'm most looking forward to when we finally get back to running shows again agreed agreed i have to ask you of course about madison square garden which obviously is the dream of 
probably just about everybody who gets into professional wrestling dreams about wrestling at the garden. You said you were a fan as a kid. Um, you spent some time in the New York area living. Is that correct? I was born in New York. Okay. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, but uh, the majority of my life I spent growing up in Pennsylvania, but I did visit New York quite often. I had family out there, but okay. I knew all about Madison Square Garden for of sure. Course. <laughs> of course. So you, you get to uh, actually be on the card, G1 Supercard at the Garden, and not just be on the card, but make an impact. You didn't get to wrestle, but that was the night, obviously, that the allure formed yourself, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky. What was that moment like, if you can put it into words? I mean, you got to walk down the aisle at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, that was, you can't get any higher than that in professional wrestling, I don't think. Um, it's a dream. I'm, there's any field of entertainment, uh, a singer, a dancer, you dream of performing at Madison Square Garden. So having that opportunity was amazing. And a lot of it boiled down to, listen, I've been in Ring of Honor for how many years now? I've always been the good guy. Now I'm done with that. I'm done with that. And I want to come back with a vengeance. I have a lot of unfinished business. I'm tired of people taking advantage of me and stepping on me and thinking that they can use this baby face, so to say, to just kind of get over on me. Um, so I wanted to come back with kind of an evil side and what better place to do it than at Madison Square Garden. Absolutely. And I even, and I brought some sisters with me. <laughs> it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Obviously is, is Angelina Love. And um, Angelina just is such a huge, it, it's so good, I think, having her on this roster because just of who she is, how much she's accomplished, um, it helps give credibility to the division. She's been doing this for like, I don't know, probably almost 20 years, but is still in her, really, you could say in her prime. I think she's still as good as she's ever been. Um, my question though is you you guys seem to have like really good chemistry and like you're having a lot of fun together w what is it like working with her oh it's awesome she like you said she's someone who has had years under her belt within professional wrestling and uh, she's she's a lot like me like she's a no BS kind of a person she knows that you know we come to work we have fun we do our job and we see another day there's no drama or ego with it and we do. We get along for that reason. Um, she's so much fun. She's so much fun. And her experience, she helps a lot of the other girls. She's solid in the ring. Uh, she has a great background behind her. She's beautiful. Um, and she's just a sweet person. So it's a lot of fun. And, and I've never had an official, you know, tag team partner. So working with her and even Velvet Sky has been amazing. They're both just really great people. Now, did you know Angelina before you guys started working together in Ring of Honor? Had your paths ever crossed? Um, we've met here and there at some conventions, but we didn't have a personable friendship like we do now. So it was nice, to, especially since we're working together, it's nice to know that you're working with someone that you can be close with and trust and just, like I said, travel the road with and be cool with. So it, I got really, really lucky with her, for sure. You've wrestled um, not just extensively in the United States. You also got to wrestle in Japan for stardom, which for those who don't know, it's, I would say it's fair to say it's uh, uh, universally regarded as the best women's pro wrestling organization in the world. You got to compete in their five-star Grand Prix, which is 
an awesome, uh, it's, it's obviously very prestigious. What was that experience like? Oh, that was amazing. I love Japan so much. I really do. Um, going there, that was my first time wrestling out of America. So I was completely terrified. Uh, I went there alone. I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know any of the girls that I was going to be living with. I had this tiny apartment <laughs> in Japan with four other girls. So it was an experience for sure. Um, but it turned out to be one of the best experiences of my life. I got along with all of the girls that I lived with. With that at that time, it was uh, Zaya Brookside, Tony Storm, Kaylee Ray, and Viper. And gosh, it was such a good crew. I don't know what I would have done without them. Honestly, I would have been so lost in Japan. Uh, but everyone treated me so good there. The the country in itself, they're just nice people. They look out after you. It's beautiful. And and wrestling there really opened my eyes. Um, you know, yeah, I, I don't speak Japanese, but when you're in the ring, you just know the language of wrestling and that's, what's so cool. So it was awesome. Well, that's a great point. I was going to ask you about that. Um, not to, I guess, give too many of the secrets away, but I mean, I, I, it's always fascinated me when there is a language barrier there, there does need to be communication in the ring and how was that for you? If you're in there with someone who speaks no English, you're in there with someone who speaks, um, or you speak no Japanese, they speak no English. How does, like, what are the challenges with that? And how do you overcome it? I can't even explain it, honestly. It's just, again, it's just something that's known. Like you just get in the ring and you can just speak to each other through your wrestling. Um, I know that sounds so bizarre, but it's true. Uh, that was one of my biggest fears going to Japan was like, oh my God, I don't know any Japanese. How am I going to communicate with these girls? You know, for anything, not even just wrestling, but for training or just to go out to eat or if I need something or if I'm hurt, like, oh, what do I do? <laughs> um, and surprisingly it just it wasn't hard at all like I again I can't explain it but there's just the language of professional wrestling that you just go there and and you just don't have an issue in fact for me it was easier wrestling in Japan than it is in America <laughs> really yeah it really is it really is okay that that's that surprises me yeah so uh let me ask you about um Hana Kimura obviously I'm sure everyone's aware Hannah died uh, tragically uh, this past May at uh, just 22 years old. Uh, did you know Hannah very well? I did. Yeah, I did. That's a rough one. <laughs> yeah. um, I spent my time in Japan on that trip with Hannah every single day. Um, and I worked with her mother, Kyoko Kimura, a lot in Ring of Honor years prior. So I, I, know her as well and I know this is really rough on her and Hannah was such a sweet beautiful girl I can't even talk about it too much because I'll get really emotional um but she's she just didn't deserve to get bullied like that and I just wish I wasn't so far away so I could have just been there to tell her how much she was loved because she really was and she was such a beautiful girl like she's a star. She really is a star. And she's, she wrestled at Madison Square Garden. She was one of the first women to wrestle at Madison Square Garden outside of another company ever. So, and she really just, again, she was just a star. It's unfortunate. 
I want to mention that there will be a special Hana Kimura tribute episode on the syndicated Ring of Honor wrestling television show in the very near future. So everyone keep an eye out for an announcement about that on ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. Yeah, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't know her other than to, I think there were two shows where um, she was part of the stardom crew that came in and worked a couple of Ring of Honor shows. So my only interaction was just, you know, how, you, how we all do backstage, you introduce yourself to somebody and shake their hand. But even in just that really brief interaction, you could just kind of sense she had this, um, just the way she smiled or just carried herself. Like she did kind of have this, sort of uh positive light about her where it's yeah. a day but like you say someone can light up a room and and i think she did that and when you see um some of the videos that have come out uh since uh i think sumi posted one it's just her goofing around backstage and how much um how much life she had and how much of a joy she was it just makes the circumstances of her death so much more tragic um do you think there's, I guess, maybe a lesson to be learned for everyone um, just based on uh, how Hannah's life came to an end? Sort of a larger, big picture thing. And yeah, think, think about how we, um, I don't know, how we interact, how we treat each other. Right. Um, yeah, Hannah definitely had an, an aura to her where she just had the biggest smile and, and was so bubbly and just fun to be around. And, you know, sometimes people like that are the ones that are hurting the most and we just don't know it. And it's a mask. Like, I mean, I can say it for myself personally, people know me as a goofball and someone who just tries to have fun all the time, but yeah, I go through my struggles and yeah, I have a hard past and, but it's work. You have to go up, show up, put on a face and, and not show that side. And we do that a lot in professional wrestling and it's hard. Um, but man, I think the biggest lesson from it um, is just be kind, you know, especially with social media right now. Ugh, it's so toxic. Oh my goodness. I can't even log into Twitter without just seeing constant negativity and it's just not good for the soul. And even since her passing, it's so hard for me to still go online and see the same people who, you know, talked about Hannah being bullied and to stop doing this a lot of those people are still cyber bullying and don't even realize it and I think there needs to be something out there I don't know what it is or how we can do it to just just stop just there's no reason for it just remember that people are people we have feelings what's a joke to you or just goofing off can actually really hurt somebody and um yeah we're wrestlers but we have feelings too and we have our weak spots we just got to stop. Just be kind. Like imagine how cool it would be if everyone was just cool and just like complimented each other and just didn't hate on each other, you know? And that's kind of why jumping back to social media, I like TikTok so much because when I log into TikTok, it's just constant laughing and fun. And I don't see a lot of that negativity. But when I log into Twitter, it is brutal. It's brutal. And you, I almost feel like nowadays you can't, really say much on social about your personal life or anything because people will just twist it and turn it and just make you a bad guy. Um, so I'm, I'm sure you've noticed, you know, on my social media, I don't post anything about my family. I don't post anything about my personal friendships. I keep things very business oriented because of that fear. I, I have that fear of being bullied and, and people not being nice to me. And, and, you know, I'm very strong minded, but 
God, it's it's bad out there. <laughs> it's well, bad. Yeah. yeah. It sure. always makes me makes me think when I see uh, trolls. It almost makes me uh, pity them in a sense because you have to wonder how bad is their life, how unhappy right. they are, that they get pleasure in tearing someone else down. Like that's kind of sad just in and of itself. But the cowardice is also something that bothers me because I know they will say things to people. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the cliche of keyboard warriors. You will say something to someone uh, uh, over Twitter or whatever that you would never in a million years say to their face. And maybe right. we should, that should be the thing you think of before you type it and hit send. Um, would you actually say this to that person if you were face to face with them? Yeah, or just just don't say it at all. Just or leave just it. Don't in the, say it at all. Yeah, right, right. just leave it in the drafts yeah, exactly. and never click send. <laughs> exactly. right. Yeah, for sure. Just be nice. That's all you got to do. Just be nice. <laughs> all right, well, I, I'm going to be nice to you right now, Mandy, and give you this opportunity before we uh, wrap up and move on to ten questions to plug away once again. Tell us all the places that we can find you on social media where we can uh, exchange positivity with you. Yeah, so uh, that's a good cue. That's, all of my social platforms are a positive space. So if you join my Twitch stream at twitch.com slash Mandy Leon, I have an open chat on there where you can talk to me throughout my gameplay. I interact with you. You can tell me what to do in the games. And it's just a positive space. Um, I'm also on Twitter at MandyLeonXO, Facebook.com slash MandyLeonXO, and on Instagram, which is just at MandyLeon. And newly subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com slash MandyLeonXO. I think I got everything. <laughs> I think that's it. Oh, and TikTok, right? I think TikTok is just MandyLeonXO too. <laughs> Gosh, there's so many. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> You are a viral sensation yourself, Mandy. You you are. Are you what? What do you call it? An influencer? Is that is that the term? I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know at this point. There's so many social platforms to keep up with. I feel like I. Uh, it really is like a full time job. I can, imagine. <laughs> I can imagine. All right. Well, we're going to take our final break, and then we're going to come back and have some fun and play ten questions with Mandy Leon. I'm Quinn McKay, your host of Ring of Honor Wrestling, and the new year brings tons of opportunities, including your opportunity to represent your favorite Ring of Honor star by wearing their merchandise, including me for some reason. So log on to ROHProShop.com now to get yours. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong podcast with my guest, Mandy Leon, and it is time for 10 questions. Mandy, are you ready? No, <laughs> I'm not. I'm scared. Okay, but here Good. we go. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and it is now time for 10 questions with Kevin. All right. That won't be too painful, I promise. Question number one. What person, living or dead, would you like to have a conversation with? And this is an interesting question for you since you believe in the paranormal. So you maybe could have a conversation with someone uh, from in the afterlife. Interesting. Oh gosh, I've never been asked that. I'm just going to think quickly on the top of my head, which is like the topic of professional wrestling, I guess. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see China. Wow. Okay. Um, was she a big influence for you? She was, uh, she's someone I idolized a lot growing up and kind of was the person that made me want to get into professional wrestling. Um, honestly, I met her not too long before she passed away and 
our interaction was at a convention in New York City and she was just the nicest sweetest person I have ever met as far as females go in wrestling and I just wish you know I had the opportunity to talk to her and get to know her more and just you know when she passed away I felt a lot of her pain and just she got you know she's one of those people that got bullied a lot in professional wrestling and I just wish I could have been one of those people to to let her know like how much I appreciated her as a fan and just as a person and everything that she's done for professionals. She really was a trailblazer. She did a lot. Um, and it's just sad to see someone pass away like that. So oh, I think no, China. No, no, <laughs> no question. I got to interact with her a couple of times. I interviewed her uh, back when I was working for the Baltimore sun and um, and you were right. Those two interactions I had, what a, what a nice down to earth person she was. Yeah. She's really sweet. All right. Question number two. Are you typically early, late, or on time? Ooh. I'm typically... Truth now, Mandy. <laughs> I'm typically early. Uh, okay. the, the thing about being early, though, is that I stay hidden until I need to be on time. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, like, like, let's say if there's a call time at 3 p.m., I'll be there by 2.30, but I'll be hidden so that no one sees me until 3 p.m. <laughs> okay. Now, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, okay? And that's okay. All, when someone says that, you're like, oh, my God, what are they going to say? Um, <laughs> but you are, every time I see you, you are immaculate with the hair and the makeup and everything. Some people might say, wow, she looks high maintenance, which you would think would be plenty of time taken to get ready and would be late. But you say, no, you're early. So I guess I stereotype yeah. correctly. <laughs> yeah, and I think if there's ever, I mean, there has been a few times for shows where I'm like, crap I'm running late I'll just do my hair and makeup at the venue so there but I'm still never late like I'll just take my makeup bag with me and I'll do my makeup backstage but I'll just throw on a pair of bedazzled sunglasses until I get there (laughs) (laughs) all right well since you always show up on time looking good there's no excuse for people like me running late and not looking that great so okay question number three who would play you in the Mandy Leon story Oh, like a movie, huh? Yeah, yeah. What actress would play you? Ooh, that's hard. I'm going to say Angelina Jolie. Okay, that's a good choice. I don't know why, but she's like an action star, and I've always had like a girl crush on her growing up. So I'm going to say Angelina Jolie. Okay. (laughs) Question number four. Uh, I don't know if this is even going to apply to you because you're very open about the stuff that you like. Do you have a guilty pleasure? Is there something you like that you're like, "Eh, I don't know if I should admit that? Um, I guess I'll say candy. I don't know. Is that a guilty pleasure? <laughs> that, it's not such an innocent answer, isn't it? Gosh, I think candy. Cause like, I, I don't know, you're supposed to be healthy as a professional wrestler and not really eat junk food. But I go through my phases where I just need sugar between candy and Coke, like Coca-Cola. It's okay. really hard to lean away from that. <laughs> You're a lore, uh, counterparts, uh, they like Oreos, right? Or Velvet. Somebody likes Oreos. Isn't that the Velvet. Thing? Yeah. Velvet loves Oreos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. And, I would say that in pasta. Oh, well, I mean, everybody loves pasta. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. <laughs> A lot of carbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Question five. Who is your favorite movie character? Not necessarily your favorite movie, but your favorite character in a movie. Oh, 
Man, these are you said these weren't hard. Okay. Um I lied. Ace Ventura. Okay. Yes. I was a big Jim Carrey fan growing up and I loved all of his movies. The Ace Ventura and like the mask, like those were those were my go-to. And I embarrassing this is really embarrassing, but even as a kid, I literally went to get my hair cut and I cried through a tantrum and a fit drop to the floor everything because my mom wouldn't let me get my hair cut like ace ventura yeah <laughs> ah. that happened yep <laughs> would love to have seen that, that yeah the haircut i mean wow. <laughs> all right here's an easier one for you question number six what's your favorite music to listen to when you're working out when i'm working out i like to listen to metal music yeah any specific groups come to mind not really, just anything, anything rock or metal. Uh, I just, I need to get in like an aggressive mind state. That's immediately what I go to. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> I see that. All right. Number seven, this is a question just for you because I know that uh, you had said in a past interview that we did that you were a big fan of American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite season of American Horror Story? You don't have to necessarily, you know, I know they get confusing. You don't have to say like season three, season, just the story, the main storyline. American Horror Story. Oh man, they're all so good. Um, I would think. I think. Oh, what was it called? Uh, Coven. Was it the Coven one with the witches? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Th- yeah. That one was a lot. Was a lot of fun for me. I yeah, that, that was a early. One, like maybe like season two or three. I don't remember. I yeah, that was, was earlier on. I thought the uh, the cult one. I thought was really good. Yeah, that one's good too. They're all really good. They are really good. It's, it's other than Ghost Adventures, it's the only show I watch every episode of. So yeah, we yeah, have that in common. Okay, question number eight. What's something about you that would surprise people? That would surprise people? Yes, that they would never think you would be um, into or a quality about you. I guess just domestic stuff maybe (laughs) I really enjoy doing like gardening and just cleaning I got that sounds so boring but like that's my form of relaxation um and and very like just gardening is so relaxing I don't know I just did a complete garden makeover for my front entrance and back I did the veggie garden which was a whole new experience um and just again trying to get in touch with my earthy side I guess I don't know but yeah I guess that's is that interesting? I don't know. I think so. So, so the exotic goddess, this is what we learned today. The exotic goddess is also a domestic goddess. Yeah, there you go. That's Am I getting my hands dirty? Yeah. That is a <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm probably uh, unfairly stereotyping you, so I probably... <laughs> it's okay. All right. Here's one. I couldn't let this go without asking at least one question about Foxy. Okay. Oh, so, okay. Number nine. And you have to, I know it's tough because Foxy's your, she's your little, your little girl, but. My baby. (laughs) What's the cutest thing she's ever done? And what's the naughtiest thing she's ever done? The cutest thing she's ever done. She does something cute every second. I can't. Um, There's a video on my YouTube channel right now where I dressed her up as a unicorn and took her shopping with me. And that's probably, yeah, that's probably the cutest thing ever. (laughs) Uh, She likes getting dressed up. It's really funny. How do you know that? 
How do you know that? So I have a cabinet filled with her clothes in it. I know. I know. I'm that dog owner. She has a wardrobe. <laughs> but as soon as I go near the cabinet and I open it, she comes running towards me, wagging her tail. And as okay. soon as I pull out an outfit, she literally will put her paws into it to get dressed up. And it's the cutest thing ever. She, she knows she's cute. So, But uh, the naughtiest, I'll have to say, if there's ever a time when she's thrown a tantrum and doesn't get her way, which is, she doesn't really do this anymore, but she will literally go right in front of me, put her butt towards me, and just pee right by me. <laughs> and, and it's kind of like an F you because you didn't give me what I want. And then she'll just go to bed like she did nothing wrong. And I'm like, are you serious? That's outstanding. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, she's a human, I swear. Ah, that's good. <laughs> okay, we finally reached question number 10, much to your relief, I'm sure. Um, what's, the, what, what's the worst or the strangest question you've ever been asked in an interview? And please don't say any of the ones I've asked you to this point. <laughs> All of your questions. No, I'm of kidding. <laughs> um, <sighs> you've done a lot of media. Like, has there ever been a question where you're like, I can't believe they asked me that? Or that was stupid or I can't think of a specific question, but I think in general, when people ask me questions that, which is honestly why I don't do a lot of interviews right now. Um, is just the questions that reach for drama. Like yeah. I remember there was an Ashley Mazzaro when she passed away. Unfortunately I had this interview and this podcast was just going off about how, you know, just, just a bunch of negative stuff regarding her death and people talking online and saying these things. And they asked me my opinion. And I'm like, honestly, I just think everyone just needs to let her rest in peace. And I kept it at that. And so that's, that's like my biggest pet peeve. I don't have a specific question, but when people try to lure talent into a scandal, oh, that just, it just makes me so mad. <laughs> Everybody's trying to ask the gotcha question. Right, right. Like the headlining scandalous questions. I hate those, which is again, why I don't do many interviews. <laughs> But you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Um, all right, Mandy, that that completes 10 questions. That completes uh, the entire interview. I just thank you so much for your time. I, I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. I had fun, too. This is awesome. Awesome. And thanks to everyone out there for listening. Keep it locked into ROHWrestling.com and ROH's social media channels, including at Ring of Honor on Twitter facebook.com slash ring of honor uh, for news of when and where future episodes of the ROH strong podcast will be available. Stay safe, everyone. And let's all be ROH strong. Mm -hmm.